We'll wait for this thing to be rolling. Welcome to the sixth and final event of the new writing series. Uh, we um, have an excellent reader up. Uh, first, some thanks uh, and some reminders to turn off your cell phones and other loud devices. Um, people to thank, we need to thank uh, Seth Blair and the Dean of Humanities. Uh, just clicked in. Thank you, Seth. <laughs> uh, the Sims Family Trust, uh, Rachel and Frankie, our wonderful TAs, who helped uh, move the ficus. Uh, <laughs> uh, Manville Special Collections, the Geisel Library. These uh, readings are recorded and available online free of charge. Uh, and it's a really tremendous opportunity to sit around and listen to those from right after you've, right after you've heard them here. Uh, we have, uh, we're very happy to have Allie Marino here, who is uh, going to introduce Sandra Dollar. So uh, Allie is one of our MFA students, and we're very proud to have her. So Allie, I don't know where you should stand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was hoping I could like hide. In the yeah. I'll do that. Okay. Hi. So I could just tell you that Sandra Dollar is the author of three books of poetry, Oriflam, Cora, and Manyers. I could mention that she is founder and editress of 1913 Magazine and Press, which is committed to publishing the baddest in poetry, poetics, prose, and their intersections with the arts of all forms. I could also borrow other people's words and mention that Ray Armentrout calls Sandra a pinball wizard, that her writing keeps you up and ready for anything. Also, I might add something anecdotal like she and Ben have two dogs, Ronald Johnson and Kiki Smith, or that 1913 was the year that prizes were included in Cracker Jack candy boxes for the first time. Wow. So, of course, those are all things I could do, but I'm not going to do them. Instead, I compiled a list of things. Given that Sandra was a teacher and mentor of mine, um, I compiled a little list of things. So, things that Sandra taught me. <laughs> Scrabble is poetry. Eavesdropping and misheard lyrics are poetry. If weird is good, strange is better, and broken is best. <laughs> a lot of good poetry is found. You know, you don't say she was embarrassed. You say she crawled on a quarter to die. <laughs> You're probably impressed so you remember that. <laughs> Verbatim. <laughs> Lists and instructions are poetry, and lying is memoir. The O and the U and the word your is always optional. Typos are poetry, and poetry should always be played. So without further ado, <laughs> here's Sandra Dollar. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you have a good memory. <laughs> so cool to have you introduce me, and thanks so much for inviting me, UCSD. It's great to be here and see you all. Um, I guess I'm going to turn this thing on. It's going to get... A little loud now. Whoa, <laughs> is that too loud? All right, just holler if I need to, you know, move it anywhere. Um, I'm gonna add to Ali's list now and say that um, all writing is poetry, or at least all writing that someone who's published books of poetry writes is poetry. So I'm going to read, um, I'm actually working on a few new projects, and I hope you don't mind me testing them out on you here. Uh, this is a collaboration that um, 
I worked up with the artist Daniel Gustav Kramer, um, who uh, sent, I was sent a series of these photographs. There are 16 photographs in this uh, series, and um, I composed um, sort of on demand 16 poems to go with these, um, and they're on a website called Triple Canopy, which is like an arts um, publication out of New York. And um, what they did when they published it, of course, when things come into reality in the world, they're always a little different than you envisioned. What they did was they actually um, printed like three or four of his amazing uh, photos with all 16 of my poems. And I was like, wow, that looks really over the top. Like I wrote this like intense amount of stuff for these few poems. But the series is actually really interesting in how it unfolds. And um, when the uh, editors asked me to collaborate with an artist, I was really excited. So great, I really, let's just hope, let's pray it's not. Uh, representational art. <laughs> that would be really difficult. And so I got this series that um, seems representational of something on a glance, but the more I engaged with it, it actually, um, I, I was trying to work with some of its abstractions and some of its, um, some of the rhythms in this series and some of the kind of rhymes between images. I have never read this before <laughs> or um, really done a PowerPoint. This is image one. I had to stop, stop. I was stoned, I was stoned out, out. I didn't zoom, um, I didn't. I was in another way, another place before me. Down the line, down the sable line, who tufted the tufted brush? Hard who had that landscape membered? Their alma critics suffered a sayable thing. We happy helpless gathered, our jars adore, our mouths tiny rottens. Had to click the blue blue, hop on pop ops. I had a killy mick finger too, ooh. I had a girl on a yard on a car. Rooster beastie taste me, tumble to the forgettable. That's the red spot right there, stop spot. The red spot, I mean the red stop in the bush. Who ain't got no blue left, no crumble? Who ain't you took to yet? Her passport photo, this changes everything. I know you too, too well, Elle, to leave you alone with a figure finger. Blue signage in the breakage, someone stop age, aging today. A brown cluster is you, husked happy inside big hilarious. I'm starting to see things. I'm not sure I'm seeing. I know that one is coming at me. Let's stay inside the game, shall we? You take that brown. I'll take this. We'll call it personality. Pray for me, mister, for I have thinned things down a bit on the side. Attack of the figural painters, attack of the hidden containers, attack of the muscadine cokeheads, attack of the 45 signage, attack of the canted perspective, attack of the dashing blue beasties, attack of the door without closure, attack of the men of the two-fisted, two-fast men. Woman, woman, I told you to get your blue ass down here and sign my check and kiss my cheek and signal my beginning and tell me what to wear and give me a wedgie and stifle my guitars and stipple my sassafras and wheel my lounge car and wipe my crested elbow and abscondify my monies and salute me how to salute and watch me do this 
and that. You were a sign in the distance going fastest. Hard day for shorts. Yump. <laughs> it's leaning time. Hand pocket, hand pocket, pock pock hang. Peek a, a blue dailiness about it, the gets. Mudded, crusty butte, springs. Too much land, much land in here. Had to be interrupted, usted. I'm just going to turn just move away from the away from the smokestack. Old people might get turned. Does no one say goodbye no more? Where is that man a come for? Hot cross the mouth, a prosy situation, sold it to the wilds, tilly till the white spotted lines on the faces add up to yours and your situation. Alice here the first time comes, she the second comer. Talk to me over the round numbers. Take a beating, and I mean home with you. It's sort of this violent series, and the more I watched it happen. Walk this way, 30 clicks. I can see me from afar now, Mama. I'm eating dice again, real big. I've got the gape-tooth eye sucker in my face, Papa. What is your table made of? Who told you you could get this close? Back away, back away, let's see your back away. Too much rhythm on the highway equals meat. Too much meat meeting street. Too much of you, too much of me. Too mean to give it up, take it back, climb the tree and spy the whole halo hole around your body, ground. Who said come to play like that, play like that, tan like that? Who said walk the line like that? A blue, blue corner on the earth, a split slit goer walking backwards. We are going in reverse. Don't stop us yet. We are almost not not there yet. Mrs. Aptitude, we don't want no incidents. We want a medium amount of incident. Beauregard Yella, it's about the way we get along. Get along. Long. Mrs. Clean, Jonathan, take that tooth out of your mouth this instant. Wash that gravel with your face. One more series of nowhere. Anyone is climbing for free. Just give me one more series. I'll carry the weighted, broken things. Have you heard the one about the spaceship and the goat? The racket and the lexicon, the gangster and the grass, the pocky and the aeroplane, the cutout and the string, the wrestler and the twig, the plunger and the fist, the straight shot and the broken glass, the network and the organ, the tie-dye and the roller coaster, the distance and the tree. 
That's a lot of puddles. Can't have too many. It's just that it sits there, so wicked, slick. There goes the A-list into the forest. Here comes all Niagara. We're all falling into a painting. We're all smashed, smashy up against it. It's good, 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 goody, good. Here, 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 here. So long, seminal building blocks, DNA, smoothie. It's been a line, line, line time. How could it not have folded? All right, so that's my ekphrasis with some technical uh, <laughs> troubles. Oh, thanks. That's nice of you. Uh, thanks to the artist for uh, loaning me his photo series. Um, now I'm going to read um, <laughs> some a prose uh, piece that um, I think some of you might have heard some of this. The first time I read from this, I mean, this has been sort of a long time in the generating as prose is for someone who usually writes in lines and um, shorter sort of textual objects. Um, and the first time I read from this was at, and now actually, years ago when it was up at Chapman University in Orange, I read with Amina King. Um, and was totally wowed by her work, <laughs> and uh, she's just so incredible. And I was, I was really um, delighted to get to read with her. Um, this is actually a, a part of this, um, <clears throat> is published on uh, Drunken Boat right now, the um, Bernadette Mayer uh, sort of uh, folio that they put together up there. And um, I tried to bring a recording, but you have just seen the extent of my technical uh, wizardry for now. Um, I couldn't get the recording so much, and I think it, it's sort of full enough without. But the recording, just so you know, is, uh, is kind of music concrete, sort of a background kind of collected domestic noise. Um, Ronald Johnson and Kiki Smith are featured heavily drinking water and, you know, playing with zippers and toys and things. Um, and so there is this kind of underlying sort of... <laughs> dangerous uh, domesticity behind uh, the noise of this piece. And um, I was really excited when someone actually commented about it on their blog, uh, but unfortunately he called it a poem. <laughs> so there you go. I can't get away from it. I'm writing poems. Even though um, I actually began writing prose, and this looks a lot to me like prose. But it's called Memory of the Prose Machine, so fair enough. It's a poem. The structure of this piece, it goes by really fast. Um, and it's interspersed, each piece is kind of interspersed with uh, quotations that I will attribute. And um, you kind of get that there's the memory, gender, genre, um, all kinds of problems unfolding. The main problem in here, um, I guess, would be me, unfortunately. <laughs> Gertrude Stein from Narration Lecture 2. I have said, and anybody can say, anybody might say that knowledge is what you know. Knowledge is what you know, and there's nothing more difficult to say than that knowledge is what you know. Let's make our flour meal and meat in Georgia. 
Is that prose or poetry and why? Let's make our flour meal and meet in Georgia. This is a sign I read as we rode on a train from Atlanta to Birmingham, and I wondered then, and I'm still wondering, is it poetry or is it prose? Let's make our flour meal and meet in Georgia. It might be poetry and it might be prose, and of course there is a reason why, a reason why it might be poetry, and a reason why it might be prose. I did that no justice at all. I don't know if you've heard recordings of Gertrude Stein, but she's got quite an amazing voice. And this is me. They say I have no theme. I get sick of the whiting, sisk of it. I get here by the water, by the wah-wah. Say wasa, say it with me. Say now, nah, here, now, nah, look here. Well, would you look at there a duck, a duck family. There's nothing sicker than a duck family on the dock. There's nothing sicker than a dock. Nothing like this sticks. By the river lake, the chilly sisters get their kicks. Try their tricks on in the Maytime sunshine by the lily liver. If you had an ice cream cone, you would have too much. There was that time with the bug, but we won't talk about him. The bug. Nudge it forward and eat it and be done with it. Nudge me into the water where I really live, where I can really get it on, going south. Soon I will live in the river where the fishes change sexes. Soon I will live there where it happens, by the red buildings that reflect themselves, reflect well on themselves in the river. But now the lake. The water calls it Lakey River. Soon I will say wah-wah. Until then, let's hold hands and wait. Let's wait for the hand-drawn Mickey Mouse shirt to appear, for the godmother with the antiquarian book in her hand, for the once-a-year dance we do. For the mustachioed book handlers to appear with the vintage Arabian nights. Appear here, by the concrete wall that holds up the water, where you fall. Let's hold hands until we do no more. Let's wait for the patch of sun to entrance, to appear the table. Let's wait for it to magic from the kit, the one with silly rope and the hollow dice and the illegible instructions. Let's put all the pieces back proper in their shelled-out compartments. Let's share a train car to it, by the chimney that slicks the water back, the smoke that curls the leaves. Don't place burning items under the trees too much. One summer you make rocks, the next sticks and seeds. Always making, making the earth, always catching the rider. If you had a can of 7-Up, like 1970s style, you would have a can that could last that could build it, that could come. If you had a can like that, you would really be something then. I would really be riding your water. I would be lapping it up. We've got a bottle sitting still in the sunshine on the sill, sitting in its own sunshine, mine. Say mine. Take a little of mine. Bury it. Grow it back. Bury the sunshine the way your puppy do. Follow my dress to the kilter. Take out the boat you don't have. Walk on the water with skis. Add an extra eye. Breathe through the spots you're not supposed to. Handle the bird, the concrete bird. Don't mind about the feathers. Get out of the car. Receive the wired money. Call for more. Sit in New Mexico. Don't go to the water. Don't drink. Call in sick. Play dead. Have some more. Please, sir. Grab a chair. Have a sit down. Let's talk. Sing it, sister. Get a new one. Cut it down to size. Light it. Hold this. Dry it off. Put it away. Talk to it. Talk to the dishes when you wash them. Hold back your fingers while you walk. Jump over the fences when you find them. See straight. Take notes. That's from Bernadette Mayer's Midwinter Day. Marie asks me, what do turtles eat? Then squirrels, rabbits, and lions. I tell her lions eat meat. Dr. Inkow, who's an anthropologist, which means he adheres to the philosophy of Rudolf Steiner, says children shouldn't have any meat until they're three years old. It makes them too brittle. He says people are either hard or soft, and when he examines you, he gently feels your forearm and fingers. Louis's niece Joanna was eating liver from a jar when she was two months old. Margaret Mead says everybody's different way of taking care of babies is a symptom of the American custom of never doing anything your mother or father did, which has something to do with the pioneers. It's a sign of separation. Giraffes are vegetarians, and they chew the cud like cows.
these are some new parts that haven't read yet. So I don't think it will be as fast. Three women take three wild walks into the future. That's as high as I can count. When percolating on the aspects of cartography versus karate, stop and shrink a bit. Take your deserts out of your posh and lay it out clear for us to see, us to melt and see. When I was this high, I was exactly this high. When she bet ma met bad men, she loved them, taught me how. When my mother was only a pre-mother, she knew more. More about surgical removal of the occipitals than she would later by the camera with the bees in her hair. Not her bonnet, her hair, her curlers, her jeans, her kerchief. That was the look in the days of the Seven Gardens. The Seven Gardens had a way with us. There was one TV, and you hid it. There was a refrigerator that buzzed, really hollered. I am getting looked over a lot. Looked over my shoulder and sewn, not sewn, not down sewn, as in sow. It isn't me that smells like that. It isn't the desert. It's the other lady and her dry spaces. It's not funny how much that's true. How often? How much? How many is it true to watch the violin in front of you turn back into a snap box with a rubber band and Amy Carter playing for you, only you? Where is Amy Carter now? What is she carrying? And on about... She had a perfect blue ribbon shiny on one side, rocks on the other. My parents hated Amy Carter. Don't follow Amy Carter, they said. She's a protester. She marches. She resists. Don't resist. Rest. Don't march. Starch. She went to public school. She went to Brown. Where is she now when we need her? Sucking peanuts by the shot glass through a glass candy straw. She will raise our taxes. My parents told us to go to bed and pray that Reagan wins the election because otherwise we will be poor. We will have to pay our taxes. We will have to send Amy Carter to public school when she should go to private school like good girl do. This is not this pipe. This is not a fiction. This is the face of the child in the morning, clean and glisty. This is the child not watching the morning after, the yawning after, the after pill. This is that child. This is the child I don't have but have. This is Amy Carter speaking. Can you hear me from the den? Can you hear me in the kitchen? Can you hear me, Amy Carter, in your public school vest? I'm talking to you, Amy Carter. Dust off those signs, little girl. Get out your baton and blue ribbon, my piglet. It's time to march, Amy Carter. Into the room and turn off that TV, really slap off the remote, and get back to 1979 where we left our sense-making machines. Aunt Dune Buggy was Amy Carter with dreads, sawing off the top of her car in 1984 as a protest to the overlords, or just to turn a pinto a dune buggy. How many women will rescue a man who just got a brick in the face in a public bathroom? Answer, plenty. You'd be surprised. You ought to be surprised. If I had a way to remember different episodes of the story, like how very Florida at all, and the crocodile cameras, and the tiny boy cousins who couldn't read by ten, or just liked the sound of my voice, remembering every time been liked is like a warning, get suspicious, that like might last. Get out. Get out of the room, Amy Carter. My parents want to kill you. Still. Still angry about the angry women, the ones who won't take their sex changes easy like the pill. There are only three of us anymore. We stand like trees. This is David Anton from The Noise of Time. I suppose most people know that when I come to a place, I have a bit of difficulty trying to say precisely what I'm going to be doing, so I don't start with large introductions, but as usual, I've got a number of things on my mind when I go places, and I think about them out loud in public, and because what I'm doing is entertaining ideas, not people, I'm quite happy for people to feel free to get up and leave whenever they stop finding this entertaining. And that's how I know I'm a poet, not an entertainer. Though on several occasions, people have compared me to entertainers like Lenny Bruce, but that's not what I'm like.
Don't turn on the box. Don't order a sandwich. Don't comfort it out in the middle there. Don't middle. Get yourself a real fine pony and just glance and glisten. Take off your shoes. Let down your hair. Cut it off. We who see straight don't talk about it, do you? The sixteenth thing I can remember from that life, the one before technical, is a good canvas hammock, a too-hot virginic summer, the hair of Poppy the dog, my own private picnic table, brisket cooked all night and the crock. I have too many bees in my mouth to be talking now. Here they are. We stashed everything for later, the popsicles and the kitty scotch, but it's melted and stolen and rolled down the hill because we forgot the emergency brake and called the cops on ourselves. Where'd it go? Substitute, I lost it for stolen. I stole. Once an entire grocery cart of panties, rolled right out with the things to the car. When one sister stole candy from the bin in the grocery, I turned her in to the manager. But I just wanted to turn someone in. Into. The father in cowboy boots had it too good, swinging home to the dog and the kid a-leaping. If we didn't run to greet him with our tongues out, trouble. If we didn't pass the ketchup with our elbows not touching the table, grab and humble. If we didn't iron the shirts with starch enough, get dressed with shoes early enough. There's a thing about shoes he has to protect his feet from the world. Never gone barefoot takes offense at the foot. We will wear shoes in our houses. We will sleep and bathe with our shoes on. We will absorb these rules like a salt bath. We will Google you when you're someone else. Um, reading these new parts in this room because they have the antennas. And there's some dessert talk coming up as well. <laughs> my own, my own uh, rendering. Hello. Hey. This is uh, Eleanor Anton from a few interviews. I like to transform the past. The past is always being reinterpreted in light of the present. Brown is the color of romantic nostalgia. It is not the real thing which suggests the real in art. It is rather the slight disparity, the unexpected even, that will give the appearance of truth. Fortunately, so much of our flying is fly. Had we another notion for carrying clouds, we would have invented them already. Had I known about something called speed in time, where the one-armed trucker passes you on the way to the trash, where the first-class fists haul it out into a next two. You know what I mean. How many people don't know what I mean? Don't order a bagel. Talk to me. Mention the silver again and I'll sling it. Someone in front reading bamboo and blood. Someone behind not reading at all. Which is the way we go to school? The illuminated manuscript and the Illuminati. Blood and blamboo. I'm onto something else. Why do all the fiction writers want to be rappers? Why not? It's time for nighttime. I've got 79% and I'm deep in the cliché. Clicking the clashy. Why do fiction writers add N-Y after adjectives they want to make up? Why make up? I lie for a living. Why living? Why not deserto? I used to carry the biographies of the big ones under my little fingernail. I used to cozy the bigs. I had a terrible, terrible, terrible headache. Wallace Stevens gave it to me. Let me tell you another. The time I sat next to Robert Frost in grade school, he was braces dumb and couldn't weep. Not even if you made him. I made him. I made Robert Frost in high school. In the divided stairwell with noonies looking on. Who didn't? I make in high school. But who made me? People who say hello too fast and loud must really mean it. Hello! I'm busy writing this letter to my high school sweetheart, Santa Claus. Or should I say, sweat heart. It was too easy to be a conceptual comedian, he said, standing up. 
There are the long programmed unmemorizables. This is what I was programmed to say. There was a kitchen table, greasy, and a dining room table, velvet. The sister screamed so hard she shook the actual, actual phone off the actual hook. The neighbors must have made a cul-de-sac out of us. Too shy to ask for butter. But did a Mexican dance for the earthquake? My memories are mumbling. Speak up. What's that you say? Plug it in. Dirty jokes, my father was. I'm not supposed to say this part. No one wants a phone call on this one, let me tell you. Screamed so loud the phone dialed itself up in a dead, dirty dog in the basement. A puppy for my seventh birthday was a car. My puppy was a car. My pony was a Buick. My little kitty was a shoe. What kind of people actually hide in the closet? Screams so loud the closet comes off, sort of rubs off eventually. Get that closet off, you come out and give your mother a kiss. I hate parents. I hate kids. I hate the girl with the kid you did. I had this really swell grandma. Fuck you. It's recurring. I had a conceptual conception. I had a list of names. I put you on it. I licked and licked. You appeared in front of me on a pony with a Buick in your teeth and married. I mean, to me. I knew you'd hear that. Take off your ears for a second. I want to tell you something. You're not supposed to write to anyone. Shh, don't direct anything to anyone. Someone might cry dirty, foul, fitful weather, pitiful pits. Watch your eyelids as they smooth over. Look at yourself doing it in the mirror. Not it, it. This it. I will never in the glass looky again. Did you see how I added that Why? <laughs> couple more of these. Uh, this is from uh, an article called Why Forgetting is Good for Your Memory. Amanda Chan, Huffington Post, October 19th, 2011. Memory is difficult. Thinking is difficult. Study researcher Ben Storm said in a statement, Memories could completely overrun our life and make it impossible to learn and retrieve new things if they were left alone and could just overpower the rest of memory. In the study, Storm and his colleagues gave people a word list where the words all had a relation to each other. Example, a list of birds. Then they had to remember half of the birds that were on the list. By doing this, Storm said, that's going to make you forget the other half of the birds in that list. So in this case, forgetting the other, other half of the words in the list is a good thing. If you haven't caught the rhyme, you must be stupid. You would really be handling it if I was talking to you on the phone with my little earphones over my little pink curls called ears. I shook all the lights on at once with a shake of it. I saw the city slicker up before my eyes. When I played Potiphar's wife, I went like this, swash. When I played Annabella, I died like this, glug. When I played May, I fruck like this, pizza delivery for me? When I played the dirty twin, I yuck like this, snitch, snitch. Play now, play now, play now, twice. Play with the alligator nice. It rhymes, it's true. A school of thought in a snowshoe. We really need to bring those back, snowshoes on the dance floor. My pink clown doing it wig, striped potatoes. This is becoming a biography of someone else, a biology, biography. Would you care for a receipt? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. We wouldn't, wouldn't say. I'm now rolling up my velvet sleeves really now. What percentage of the nation remembers wooden ducks? What percentage of the room? How about those woman ducks? Smash every glass in the house. Is it incorrect to say there's a violence in here? Some pitiful, refutable animal viol. I got light therapy to my eyes. I can't see violence no more. I can't stand the stab of the Christmas hammock in my decups, Papa. Ha ha. There was a long time I used to drive around the track. I thought this was going to be true. It's true. I used to drive around the track in my clown car or pulling my hubba bubba from the side of my face like so. Like partner. Like Sir Toe. I never planned not to have a future. It just happened. Are you so special or just saucy? Good question. The God question. Were you brought up to just feel it, or did you take a little dunk? Dunky poo. Can you smell that hymnal now? All Baptist honk and tears and Christmas in July? I lie for a living, I lie. 
when certain certos say about a living. I already told the story of the baptism. I already told the story of the drives. I already told the story of the basement and the F. I told about the phone and the needle and the ears piercing and the Buick and the pony and Poppy and the puppy and the red ribbon for the goodness of a dog. Told the training bra and the closet and the kiss from Ricky Gonzalez and Thurman and the sisters, the bearded brother, the pervy dad, the beautiful vein and shallow infant mother, the heroic husband, the tiny feet, the manly clothes, the collections of shoes and typewriters, the other drives in Canada, the pushy in-laws, the favorite nephews, the perfect niece, the dusty dead grandparents with different languages and the radio, the leopard print, the rope, the glen, the drunkenness, the bicycle, the stealing, oh, the thievery. I already spanked water on that. Dappled the fortunate bugs with my lake. Got down and sassy. Got southern in the mouth. Yankee in the ass. You're a trash Canadian tribal in the fashion au la mode. I had a question for Sirteau. For Fanny, I forgot to ask. I had a texty question, but I kept talking. All the way up the third act and into the scene where she smashes the chair to bits in a fit of man-hitting misogyny. It's funny. It's a gas. It's a doll named Jessica. A real-life girl. A Cabbage Patch fantasy of narrative reality. I had enough, and I took it outside. I street fought my sister, or a little girl named Steffi whose mother was busy having cancer. I fought her, because that's the kind of kid I am. <laughs> Book Forum interviews Eileen Miles, Jesse Pearson, November 1st, 2010. That's why I didn't call this book a memoir. I don't really give a shit about my memories. I really feel like it's not about Eileen Miles. I'm kind of like the camera or the recording instrument. I got hot in the middle. The center is hotter. This proves the theory of animals. The things that can kill you and the things that won't. Beef jerky time. What kind of person carries around a bottle of beef jerky? The real peppered Jack Lynx. Just a little here and there, just another for the road. We kill the animals, the animals don't kill us. This is the story of my summer. Tell me about it. There was that fish in the water everyone ignored, the pulpy dead fishy fish, diseased and overlooked, in the water, right under your face while you hold a fishing pole, a divining rod, to the water, into it, for a taco, hot taco, say hot coffee, say bad chowder, say black treat like you mean it. We don't deserve him, the cleanness of a worker picked up in a van. We lost our shoes in the water, they came up floating leather. We flew nine hours to get home to you, we got stupid in the daytime. We only talk at night. I used to have dreams about my mother-in-law, now it's Carolyn Forche piloting my plane to California and back to get me to my man and back. My mother-in-law is no Carolyn Forche, but don't hold it against her. Touch it in the middle to see that it's done. This is how we sing in class. This is how we dance for laughs. I used to want to be Donald O'Connor. I'd practice his make em laugh routine on roller skates in the bowling alley kitchen. I was a young Carol Burnett. Saying these names makes me crazy. Donald O'Connor, Carol Burnett. It's not like I was an inspiring Gene Kelly, a man made out of one muscle, one gay manly masticated massive membrane. The defiant ones are the one, someone who can really say no. I get Steve Miller and Steve Martin confused. <laughs> the Fogartys, Rod Stewart and Rod Smith, Eileen and Elaine, Miles and Bennis, up for grass. At the sidewalk sale in the Lakey Town, we needed, simply needed, matching sister umbrellas and slickers for the rainy week in August. Simply had to have a pair of PJs in the style of pinstripe polyester baseball uniform. The label read, up for grabs. The manly neighbor misread my kitty ad. Hey, I'm seven. Read my shirt. He thought I'd been marked up for grass and tried to explain that one. It doesn't rhyme. It's cold in parts. It's not yet ready for tasting. for being part of that little experiment. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Um, I think I was just reading a couple of really tiny poems, like a found poem, because, <laughs> because of the intro. Found home. My Little Pony, A Very Minty Christmas. This is true. It's from Amazon. I've never seen anything like it before. We'll never see anything like it again. I don't know how to begin describing this movie. It is by far the best movie I've ever seen in my life! Exclamation point. The music was just perfect and original and the artwork was indescribable. I nearly cried watching this movie because it was simply stunning. I wasn't even an MLP fan when I first saw this movie, but I became a fan in literally five minutes. I don't care who the viewing audience is, you've got to watch this movie. It reflects life in a whole new perspective and made me realize that we need more like it in today's cruel world. I'm a scientist, and I personally can imagine anything, even the craziest stuff, but I truly cannot imagine anyone, and I mean anyone hating this movie. I know you will love it, fan or not, it's that simple. The amount of cuteness in this movie is so incredible, I don't think I blinked once the whole time I saw this movie. It also gives you a warm feeling of comfort that absolutely nothing else could possibly muster. I recommend all three movies, and soon the fourth movie will be out in February 2007. I will not reveal anything more. I will just say, please, in all that is necessary, please buy these movies, because I know you will love them. Was the above comment useful to you? This is not My Little Pony, Piranha 450. This is awful, Baby Charmander. Cute as heck, GB the coach. I couldn't read that one for a while because I would cry. <laughs> um, I feel like I should read something serious. Um, I'll, I'll end with this poem. That's sort of serious. It's A is four, and there's kind of an alphabet series in, in the book here. Um, and uh, it's, uh, I'm really glad to have Aki Sasamoto's uh, performance on the cover here for her. And um, yeah, there, there are a few alphabet, alphabet pieces in here. Um, this actually came out of life experience and um, is not prose. And so it's, uh, takes the kind of uh, form, I think, that poetry does when things are um, from experience, which is that repetition and, and sort of um, down to the unit of the letter sort of come into play. Um, my sister had a hard birth, and a baby came out. A is four. Brother who who out of earth has not fallen blackened out of birth in a temper, tempting to see an O in you, O for the overcome, O for O. Small hand brother with that in your mouth, an A is how you say L. An owl couldn't hear you better from this distance. The waves hit your head, she said, Austin, I will have you, always, in awe. A tin tin cup from far, far. Open the clay pot with your, some children, they never move. Born from black safety, hard to get back. Stay a while, baby, 
who who will sing for you the whole world womb whirly vision a vision if you hear say a test the senses with ah world beyond physique padded downy owl will not die of lake not lacking in waterfront the a's have it who who will not give this boy body without sound does not make no sound nor cause none see a sound the teacher of water to behave like wet stippled earth transform me all over the narrative there is a, no song no mother no sum thanks Is, is there any particular uh, methodology for the construction of some of the prose pieces? In other words, are you are there some structural elements you're playing with as you go into them, and what would they be if there are? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's some environmental elements, I guess. A lot of uh, a lot of the prose was written on planes and in like kind of really um, confined spaces or confined time frames. So I, um, I I think I started writing that series of, of pieces um, back when we were living in Ohio, I think. And I would give myself like a couple hours in the morning. I was like, I'm going to do that thing that prose writers say they do, where they wake up every day and <laughs> write uh, every morning for like a defined amount of time instead yes. of just notebooking all over and collecting scraps and like sewing poems, things together. And so that's kind of more environmental, I think, and sort of more a constraint. Um, it's still unfolding. I have about like 60 pages, including like the interspersed bits. So um, structurally, I think there may be more to come. Um, I kept thinking, wow, this could include like all this crazy stuff, like the sex changes, my dad, operations that my dad performed on people in the 80s. And, I mean, I kept thinking, like, there are a lot of things that I wanted to write, but none of that was happening. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that, if that answers that question so much. But, uh, and, then, and then once I kind of, uh, the, the quotes I sort of interspersed after the fact, um, in thinking about, you know, what is this piece really doing? What does this piece need to kind of ground it to something else? Um, and a reading is so important to my writing process, and I think is so important to writers, um, that we end up talking about what we're reading, or even you know, literally kind of weaving it in. And so I was interested in doing that. And then once I started working with those found kind of longer sections, that did affect or infect the work even more. So it kind of started speaking to other texts. Yeah. Totally, absolutely. I'm really, really interested in kind of responsive writing, and I mean responding to text or responding to other media. And I think um, Ekphrasis is just a fantastic, you know, way to approach uh, writing, and it gives you kind of a freedom, or it gives me a sort of freedom to do something else. Even though I think, um, actually, uh, 
Tisa Bryant mentioned this when she came to my class a couple weeks ago. She was talking about imitation. I have my students do imitations, as you all know, so get at work from the inside. And um, she quoted something uh, that, that said, uh, when you imitate, you actually become more yourself. You actually write more like yourself, I think. Uh, maybe Helena said that. Anyway, it came up in my class, too, about imitation. So um, I think that's something that happened in this series, that the writing became almost more <laughs> like um, what, I was, what I was interested in doing. And um, it wasn't as different as, from my own work as I thought it would be, working with these really um, sort of visceral and kind of um, violent, performative series of photographs. Um, but I am interested in working more um, with other media. I come not from an English department background. I um, did dance and theater and playwriting and uh, performance art um, and would write these performance pieces and memorize them and dance them and I thought that was totally normal. <laughs> and then I realized uh, that was not, um, yeah, <laughs> I maybe had such a venue. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, because this really does, um, it wasn't until years later that I, that I really realized that those were actually texts that I, was, that I was writing. So I sort of feel like I'm getting back to working with some other um, forms, uh, visual and kind of sound-based um, things. Um, I have this vision for like this, this film I want to do for the prose machine, but I need like millions of dollars <laughs> for my budget <laughs> to do that. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely uh, affects the the process. Anything that I think that you can do to kind of change your habits as a writer is really interesting. Um, uh, I know there's that old adage of like, oh, you have to find your voice and you have to write from your voice. Like, what does that mean? I mean, that presumes that I am someone. That's horrifying. You know, I mean, like I is like this one person that has this one voice. So I think it's really important to play with things and kind of surprise yourself, for me, at least. So it's a good question. Yeah. Can, can you say a little bit about your process of figuring out how you want to perform your pieces? Yeah, that's that's a difficult question. Um, I guess I don't really know. You guys are like my experiment today. <laughs> I don't I don't really know until until I get up and perform something. I I think when I was in graduate school and doing my MFA, it was the first time I was really in a workshop for just writing, and so I was pretty nervous about that whole thing. And so I would read over and over again to myself um, and see how things sounded, and that actually was part of my process. And I think that's really good to do. Um, I think I'm too busy now to do, like, it's like, wow, I have something to read that's new? That's great. I just definitely no time to practice it except, like, you know, in the car or something. But, um, so I think actually performing and feeling how it goes and feeling the kind of symbiosis with other humans <laughs> and sound bouncing in the room um, matters. And... Um, you know, that, that definitely changes how I will perform something, if something like really definitely felt like a dud. Although, I mean, I don't know, the audience is so much a part of it that I don't know what that would mean. I mean, it's, you know, it's the whole experience. But uh, I think it, it really is important to practice um, reading your work aloud, um, no matter what stage you are as a writer. It's really useful, and it tells you things about your writing. You hear, you hear certain things. You become way more conscious about things when you're 
up here with this crazy mic and this screeching and uh, oh I do think it's very important to learn about microphones clearly I have not had the lapel mic lesson but there should be a class on like performing and you know miking uh, yeah so um, Ben and I actually recently did an interesting collaboration up in Vancouver for the Vancouver Poetry Festival um, with uh, some musicians who did just these circuit bending things we were talking about this with someone the other night and uh and we had to really like talk into the mics because we were just doing repeated words that you know was fairly abstracted sound. Um, so that you know became a really different kind of performance, different kind of use of sound there. Yeah. Follow up to the previous question about <coughs> this is getting I guess to your theater background. Um, would you even go so far as to say that when you might read some of your pieces again? Um, that you would use an entirely different or somewhat different voice for them, and then beyond even the voice, do you have a character <laughs> in mind as you're reading? Because some of the voices were very distinctive, and uh, and so could that could the text remain the same, but not just the voice, but even the character behind it change from performance. Definitely, yeah, and I feel like I was just getting to know that little character today, like, oh my god, what is she going to say next? It's terrifying. Um, yeah, that definitely changes things when you read something and kind of realize that that character is more comfortable in a certain voice, and with something that has the um, interspersed quotations, it becomes kind of difficult to jump back in to a character that's been kind of developed, that the language has dictated, kind of exists in a certain way. Um, and I think because some of the things I'm dealing with are like memory and technology and the sort of pre-technological moment of memory, like remember that time, um, and growing up in the South, and so, so it, there is kind of a Southern sort of uh, sassy little like girl in some of those pieces. <laughs> and she's very disturbing, um, but uh, you know, I mean, it's really interesting to uh, hear that come out and not really prepare for it, but just know that the text is kind of dictating that. And I, think I, that I was hearing Dorothy Alice. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think there's a lot. I mean, yeah, like channeling like another kind of, um, yeah, there is actually. I mean, I think I was teaching Dorothy Allison at one time when I was writing this, so definitely all of that is in there. Yeah, I mean, it's actually, she was one of the people that I read when I was first getting into um, literary uh, prose or literary work, and I was thinking... I had read, you know, Maria Irene Fornes and playwrights and Sam Shepard and I was Beckett and I was really into all these people and then Dorothy Allison and, you know, Dennis Johnson, people like that, what kind of people I read. But, um, yeah, so I don't know if I answered, <laughs> answered any of that, but I think that the, uh, there's definitely a character and I think that's something I'm kind of pushing myself to get back into thinking about how, how text performs and how it's performed through the body um, through the voice and um, it's definitely something I'm really interested in uh, when I first started giving readings like when I was a graduate student I was, I was totally terrified and I wouldn't do any banter and I would just get up and put my glasses on and just read really slowly so so terrified that I would just like forget something or didn't really understand going off script which now I probably should uh, remind myself of because it's Time to stop talking. Probably, <laughs> I could go. So, thanks. Thank you. Thanks. There's three.
stacks of books here, the two middle stacks cost $10 each. The two on the uh, 